Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakeswoods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. Chris, uh, welcome back. You were down, uh, well, kind of working and uh, having some fun last week, uh, both at the LPGA event in the Twin Cities at the Hazeltine. And uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Hannah Green wins the tournament, impressive yeah. fashion, really. Wire to wire. I thought it was quite funny. I mentioned it on the morning show as well. Uh, the first day after she's leading, the first day, and uh, she says uh, she and her caddy weren't ready for the cold weather. She was wearing shorts, and she said, I only have one jacket. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I, I, there's an outside chance they got jackets at the Hazeltine Clubhouse. That, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and then I yeah. thought, did, did either your caddy or you look at your phone because the weather's right there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's uh, yeah, that, yeah that, that was a funny statement. I heard her say that. And, uh, well, it's kind of great because she's 22 and yeah. she just wants to go play golf. That's right. Not really thinking about the, all the things that go with no, it. No, exactly. But uh, it, w- <laughs> it was unseasonably cold, on, uh, especially early in the week. I, I, down there Thursday, it was. Uh, I, I take a sweater everywhere, and I, I forgot my sweater, and I fortunately had my raincoat. But uh, it was like low 60s and pouring rain on Thursday, so it's uh, tough condition to play in and uh, not all, all, all that comfortable for the players. You didn't have a sweater. That's unusual. That is. <laughs> it's part of your wardrobe. That's right. <laughs> so when you're down there, Chris, tell us about a little bit about your activities when you're down at a professional tournament, the kind of things you're asked to do. You know, as, as uh, a Minnesota PGA section member, we, we could uh, volunteer to work, and uh, uh, I always try to get range duty, which I really enjoy, kind of in my own element, standing out there on the range. So I spent uh, most of the Thursday on the driving range and in the short game area, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, it, it's it's so impressive that any any professional golf tournament, men's or ladies', is, is is impressive and uh the ladies all just have they they have fantastic golf swings and they're great ball strikers and i just enjoy seeing kind of the what the energy level is and and what what's going on and you know because it's kind of it's kind of the player's office there you know they uh and it's interesting because the 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 atmosphere on the range of a ladies tour event is uh in a in a lot of respects very different than a men's event and i don't know if it's because of the money 
difference on the tours, but uh, the men seem to travel now with these huge entourages. They get they get their swing coach and they get their agents with them and their caddies with them and uh, you know maybe a club rep or something. But it seems like everybody, especially in the uh, early in the week, is never out there alone. They're with three, four, five, six people. And and on the ladies tour, that I mean, you know, most of the time, what what I saw, and I was there on tournament days, but um, it was just the player and their caddy and and maybe a coach and uh, during the tournament itself there was nobody on the range with a track man which on the men's tour everybody has a track man in front of them it seems like um, so so it was interesting but uh, and it was it, it was fun you know the the ladies tour has you know it's really a world tour so there's there's so many more nationalities out there than the men's tour so it's interesting just listening and hearing all the the different languages and I'm sure um, you know the, the player caddy relationship is is much different on the ladies tour as well it seems like the the ladies rely much more heavily on their caddy than the men do, and um, you know, it's it, maybe that caddy fills a bigger role part of the team than than they do on the men's tour. So it was a lot. so I spent Thursday there, and then Friday they had uh, uh, free lessons where the, you know the fans could come in and take a free ten minute lesson. They had uh, a couple uh, a couple hitting areas, and uh, they had a simulator. So I spent about five hours in the simulator and worked through about sixty people. So oh wow. <laughs> It was a uh, it was a busy day. Good practice for you then too, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll see I'll see a variety of swings, and uh, I get a kick out of that uh, entourage because I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. But uh, they were asking uh, Jack at his tournament. I think uh, all the coaches and all the guys on the range, and how many times did your coach ever come to a tournament with you? And Jack just looked over and held up a zero. You know, <laughs> yeah. never in his whole career. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. He'd just figure it out himself or wait till the next week when he could go see his coach. Yeah, you know, it, um, well, back, back in, you know, that era of professional golf, the, the players relied more on other players. Players themselves tended, tended to help out other players. And there were definitely guys on the tour that had a reputation of having a better eye or more swing knowledge than, sure. than other players. And th- those, those guys really were, um, Kind of sought out on the range, I think, if a player was was in need of some help. And but I, I think players were much more self reliant back at uh, you know in those back in the you know the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies that uh, where they didn't travel with all these people and they were they were more self reliant and and to a certain extent, I think they probably knew their golf swings better because they had to. Yeah, and they weren't relying on somebody else, and I, I think the swings today are more efficient. Uh, they don't get off as much because players have a, a knowledge, and they never get too far away from from a you know th- their best swings. But uh, the players of that area era didn't uh, didn't need to rely on somebody else. Yeah, it's an interesting. There's a few guys left that are quite independent like that. Deschambeau is certainly one. Or he, uh, I mean, he might listen to some advice, but mostly he's he's uh, feels like he's a step ahead of everybody else. Yeah, he, and I think Bubba has never had a lesson, has he? Bubba claims that, but uh, you know, he, he 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 his caddy Ted Scott is a golf professional. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bubba likes to say that uh, <laughs> that he has, and then his coach at Georgia, uh, Chris Hack, I know, spent a lot of time with him. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bubba definitely has a uh, you know a swing that that 
you wouldn't necessarily copy it right yeah. on tour so it's, <laughs> he's got some some different things that going on but uh yeah it, it's 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 interesting that yeah, he's been helped along yeah. the way at some point. It's a good <laughs> shtick. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Work with it. Go with it. Yeah. Hey, I thought Hannah Green was impressive. She uh, hangs on down the stretch on Sunday. I think she got, uh, I don't think she got tied. I think they got within one. And uh, then then she rolled in a birdie, I think. And uh, she uh, gets a one-shot victory. And her first win on the LPGA Tour is a major, which first is... First uh, win major. Uh, first Australian to win on yeah. tour since since uh, Kari Webb, which is huge, and uh, yeah, she, she she played great. Uh, obviously, the sixty eight on on Thursday in the conditions was really really good. Um, you know, it was it was, it was wet, it was cold, the rough was heavy, and uh, she she really kind of dominated on on, uh, on Thursday. You know, she only, she only had a one stroke lead, but she maintained that, and uh, so it was fun to see. Pretty likable player too. That was, uh, and Kari Webb actually roomed with her down there with a bunch of Australians. Yes, so probably some pretty good advice coming from Kari. I would yeah, think. no doubt. And she, Kari, has a group of of ladies or girls from Australia that she's kind of mentored and took under her wing. And um, Hannah Green was was one of those players. And um, you know, like the. 2014 or 15 U.S. Women's Open was the first time Hannah Green had been to the U.S. and as a guest of Kari Webb. So a, a pretty cool story. friend of yours is going to join us, uh, Todd Kolb from Sioux Falls. And uh, uh, he was, uh, you guys are going to d- discuss the LPGA a little bit. Yeah, Todd, you know, spends a fair amount of time on the ladies' tour. He teaches Angela Stafford, who had a nice week uh, this past week, and Kim Kaufman, who just missed the cut. But he gets out, he gets out there probably about once a month and and spends time with with them on the tour. And he uh, has got some great observations and perspectives from from uh, last weekend. Also, Terry Thompson from Cuyuna Rolling Hills uh, Golf Course. He'll be with us as well, and we'll be back with those interviews right after this. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380-KLIZ, The Fan. want to welcome to the show one of my good friends, good friend of the show, and... Uh, uh, the operator of the Sanford Power Academy, Todd Kolb from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Um, fun to talk some golf here, and it's starting to actually feel like summer. It does. So it does feel like summer. Golf. No kidding. So <laughs> it uh, it was really fun seeing you this past week down in uh, in Chaska at the uh, KPMG LPGA champ or PGA Championship. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun to see you down there, and uh, you spent the week and ha- working with a couple of players, Kim Kaufman, who's a longtime student of yours, and Andrew Stanford, who's he'd been working with a couple of years. And uh, you know, t- tell me about the week. Well, it was well. First of all, uh, fantastic. I mean, obviously the golf course. I mean, everybody knows who's listening to this knows that the quality of the golf course at Hazeltine. I mean, it's just a championship golf course. So. Um, they got, I was lucky enough, uh, one of the practice rounds, um, well, I should say that in the, in the pro-am day, um, the, uh, the walking score actually was, was the retired golf pro there who had been there for, you know, I think 33 years or whatnot, uh, legend obviously in Minnesota. And anyhow, we had a conversation, he was talking about the golf course and, and he described it as like a, like a heavyweight boxing match where, uh, it's right there in front of you, uh, and you can beat it. 
but it just keeps coming at you. Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about the course. So first of all, the course is fantastic, a great challenge, um, but it was right in front of you, nothing tricky about it. You just If you played good golf, uh, you were rewarded, and if you didn't, you were penalized. So number one. Number two is obviously the fan support. It's just great to see uh, the fans coming out of Minnesota and the Midwest, and they do such a great job of supporting golf, and, and this week specifically women's golf. It's just a great uh, product, and there's some great golf, as you saw, uh, going on out there. Yeah. So those were my first two things. It's just what a great opportunity for the women of the LPGA to be able to present their product and and stuff like that. And so um, – those are the two big takeaways from the week, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, the, there's always with any, any week, there's good and bad with, with any player and stuff. And so it was just a fun week to be around, see some people and the crowds. And, uh, I mean, you always want it to go a little better, <laughs> um, unless you're Hannah Green, who ended up winning. Yes. Um, uh, but it was, it was a fantastic week. Oh, good. So, um, Kim Kaufman, she, she just missed the cut on the number, didn't she? Um, yeah. You, 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 you've worked with her since she was a, a young girl and, uh, you know, she's had a, a great career on the LPGA tour, ups and downs, just like everybody else. What, what, uh, you know, how's her year going? What, what, what do you feel she could have done better this week or what, what was her, uh, what kept her from playing a little better? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, Kim is a fantastic player. She's always been a great player. And, um, she has, you know, her year to her, probably her own admission has been a little bit up and down. I mean, in fairness to her now, she is coming off last year where, uh, you know, she was under the weather per se. She did have mono for a good portion of the previous season. And so, uh, but she's strong and healthy and back to her old self this year and, you know, almost won the first event of the year. Yeah. Uh, was off to a great start there. And then just as the nature and the ebb and flow of golf, it's for every player, whether it's a weekend player or even ourselves, you know, uh, and a tour pro, it's up and down. And so, you know, I think all in all, she's had a, she's had a decent, you know, decent year. Um, and I'm really excited about the second half of the summer here for her. So this particular week, you know, she played some great golf. I mean, she played, basically played 33 holes of golf at even par uh wow. and just had a couple a uh, couple holes that got away from her which is easy to do like yes. we said on that golf course it's 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 just it's just demanding and that's the way it should be at a major championship so all in all um, it was just one of those weeks where I felt like she played really well, um, but when she did happen to miss a shot, uh, it just uh, the course bit, and uh, and it was a double bogey, and that was kind of the nature of it. And and but to her credit, like she always does, I mean, she fought to the very last putt um, and ended up missing the cup by a shot. But I think when it was all said and done, got in the car and was able to take away some positives. Oh, that's great. You know, it's talking about playing so well, and you know, just the holes can jump up and bite it, it seemed to me like the rough was just as it always is at Hazeltine it it it's not like it's overly deep but mm-hmm. it it is so thick and the golf ball sits down and it's so so deep it seems like yeah, yeah i mean it that's a good point because um you know mo- most I mean, I'm not saying that there's not much rough on, on the tour. I mean, cause there is in certain, you know, certain weeks and certain things and stuff like that. But, um, you know, but it's not nearly as like it was this week. And so whether that be, you know, the other thing too is when the course is long, it's one thing when you're hitting wedges out of the rough. Yeah. But, you know, that course is long and they're, you know, a lot of holes, they're back there. I mean, a classic example would be, um, I mean, even like 11, the par five, I mean, the first day was into the wind. I mean, I mean, they were hitting like hybrids and, and long irons into it on their third shot. 
And then you turn around and play the next hole, 13, which is just a beast. I mean, it's a good drive. And even if you hit a good drive, they're hitting like a hybrid into a green that's kind of elevated. And so, I mean, you can navigate it. But when you're, like you say, Chris, when the ball's in the rough and you're hitting a hybrid or you're trying to hit like a six iron, that's a different ball game than when you're in the rough and you're hitting a wedge. No question. You know, if you compare it, uh, I know you were out at the... uh well, I still call it the Dinosaur, but the A oh, yeah. the A and A in Palm Springs, which is the first major of the season. Um, I mean, the rough there is like uh, like some of our fairways in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way. It's good. That's like playing in a bubble out there. Sometimes exactly. I, well, I think that's why that's why people love it. Um, but yeah, it, it um, it's just it's just a great test of golf, and and I, well, and that's why you saw the scores that you saw. I mean, that's why you know. Uh, less than 10 under, I think we, you know, won, yeah. actually won the tournament. So I was kind of crazy when you think back, you know, um, I even tell like some of our high school kids and our, in our college players, you know, Hey, if, if you would shoot one under every nine holes, I mean, which is certainly not easy to do. I'm yes. not downplaying that, but I mean, you know, you're breaking it down. I mean, you would have won. Right. I mean, that's eight under. I mean, that's, you know, and so, um, it was just one of those weeks where you had to plot along and control your ball and, and pick and choose your spots and know when par was good and know when a bogey was good and keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, Todd, one, one of the, yeah, when I go to a tournament, I, I love to, one of the things I love to do is hang out the driving range and just, just kind of observe and not only observe the, you know, the players and their swings, but, Watch everything else that's going on around, and uh, you know one of the the characteristics of a great coach is that they they you know they deal with an individual player on it differently, matching their personalities. And it was fun watching you with both Kim and Angela, uh, and that they they both they have different personalities, and you deal with them differently. And it, talk about some of that and what how you work with each of them. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great, great, uh, question because, um, I mean, the truth of the matter is, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if, if, if somebody has their name on their bag and somebody is carrying that bag, that person can golf, right? I mean, Absolutely. you know, I mean, if, if you have a name on your bag and somebody is carrying that bag for you in a tournament, you know how to play <laughs> golf. I mean, you know, and so, uh, each person is, and so part of, I feel what I've learned over the last five or six years that I've been lucky enough to, to be part of that thing, you know, thankful to, to Kim for bringing me out and introducing me to people is that a lot of it, I really feel like a lot of it is is helping the player just create some clarity around what they're doing and and because there's so much distraction out there. I mean, you got club manufacturers, you've got caddies, you've got, you know, people watching, you've I mean, there you got other players, train, I mean, there's just there's a lot of noise. And so part of a coach's job, I think, um, is first of all is, is understanding what makes your player tick and what makes them play well. Yes. And that's different for each person. And that takes time. That's why I'm a big advocate of like, I love to watch uh, my players play. And lots of times I'll tell them, you know, when I'm, when you're hitting balls and I'm just standing there and just watching, you know, part of it is just me getting an opportunity to watch how you, meaning the player, like to work and, and helping learn what makes you click and so um each one of them is different i mean kim i've known for you know 20 plus years and is like a uh, like a family friend i mean oh she is a family friend but i mean almost like a family member to a certain degree and so we're able to have different types of dialogue and conversations and and kind of deal with things more almost like um 
probably like you would like a family. I mean, yeah. we're a little bit yeah. more like, hey, that's not working. Or we're a little bit more blunt, like you might be with your wife or your daughter or your son. You know what I mean? And uh, and Angela, I've been lucky enough to, to know for, you know, three or four years, but work with her for almost a couple of years now. And uh, she's at a little bit of a different stage of her career, just playing some of the best golf, I think, of her career. Um, and so she was a great, great player well before I ever met her. Um, and so what I've tried to do with her is just more or less kind of help her understand, hey, here's what you're doing when you're playing well versus teaching her how to play well, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, I was watching a Friday, Friday after a round on the range, and she was hitting some balls and hitting some drivers, and it just it seemed like she was looking for a certain feel, and uh-huh. you were talking to her, and all of a sudden she... She hit one and she was like, "I got it." Yeah, and uh, that's that's always kind of neat to see. I mean, just it's so elusive sometimes, and sometimes it's not necessarily the mechanics, but it's finding that that feel in your golf swing where it needs to be, or having the right picture in your mind, and that. Uh, uh, so just getting getting to that point where you go, you know, what? I re- I remember how to do this. Yeah, I think that's a great, you know, especially for, like I said earlier, I, th- I think it's, you know, it's different than you know, because you're a great coach. I mean, if somebody walks on your lesson team and they're 13 years old and they love to play golf, I mean, it's like a new piece of clay, per se. I mean, you can kind of mold them to a certain degree into kind of what you feel uh, based on your life experience will allow them to, you know, to be successful. I mean, everybody is an individual, and, and so, but, but you kind of can mold that a little bit because there's not a lot of already ingrained habits. Uh, when you're working with somebody um, at this level, on the LPGA level, or I'm sure at the PGA Tour level, I don't work with any PGA Tour guys, but, um, you know, they've already kind of been molded. I mean, they yeah. kind of are who they are. Now, can they make changes and improvement? Yeah, 100% they can. But you have to be a little bit careful because what maybe looks awkward to me maybe is what allowed them to get to where they're at. And so the, the real challenge with coaching at that level is about figuring out, like, what is it that makes them click? What is it that makes them, allows them to be successful versus somebody who's completely relatively new to the game? You're helping develop what makes them successful. And I think that's where, um, that's where I think some players, top players, you know, they've, they've gotten off track because they go looking for something yeah. that really isn't who they are. And before they know it, they wake up and they're like, they don't know who they are. And that's a dangerous situation. So you you have to you have to tread lightly. And I and that's just more of my style. I tend to say less uh, versus say more um, because once you say it, once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, and you can't really take it back. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think you know if you look at some of the players, well, I, I think like Jordan Spieth. Um, yeah. You know, I think some of his struggles relate to. Going after something that maybe he didn't have to. He was the number one player in the world, and in search of trying to get longer, he's he's gotten off track in his golf swing and uh, now struggling. Um, or a guy like Luke Donald, who was yeah. number one player in the world and uh, great one of the great short games of all time, and um, you know goes after something that he thinks he needs to change in his golf swing and has never gotten back to where he was yeah that's you know it's interesting because I, I think that's where you're trying to thread the needle because and i've had this conversation with 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 you know the, the girls or what at different times you know like 
you know, one of the reasons they have their name on their bag is because they have super high expectations of themselves and what they're capable of doing. That's why they, that's one of the reasons why they're the best in the world at what they do. The balancing act though of that is, is understanding when something is good enough and just leaving it alone and being comfortable with it and just, and just continuing to hammer it per se versus constantly, wow, what about this? And what if I can get one more percent there? And so it's, it, it's a delicate balance because in some regards, you don't want to take that away because that's what allows them to be who they are. But on the same hand, they, if they go in the wrong direction, start chasing something. And so, um, that's where I think a good coach um, can kind of help the player navigate that and help kind of keep them on track and and uh, you know allows them to be successful over over a long career and that's really my hope is is that you know I, my whole goal is just to make sure that that uh, the girls kind of understand what they're supposed to be doing where they're going and then just let them be the great players that they're that they are yeah i mean they're great players no and if we can create uh, some clarity and some some clearness around that they're going to have good weeks. Yeah, that's great stuff, Ted. Ted, a little segue to, you know, t- tell us about, you, you're, you're, you've got a new uh, business in Sioux Falls. You, you're still doing your golf academy, but you've kind of partnered up with Sanford Health. And uh, t- tell us about uh, about the new things you got going on in your in your business. Yeah, we're. Just, I'm just super blessed and excited um, that uh, you know we've we've jumped on board with the with Sanford Health is is the actual enterprise or the organization. Uh, Sanford Power Golf Academy is is the new name of our academy now, and we've been able to partner <clears throat> excuse me partner with them and and um, are running the golf academy on their part now. And so, excuse me, we've got. Um, um, some great things happening. So we've been able to really uh, integrate um, what I like to call more of a holistic approach to our coaching and to our development. So we have a, a full team of PTs uh, who work with our kids um, and our players, all of our players. Some of it is, you know, maybe injury prevention. So I had a call yesterday from a guy who's, you know, 60 years old. Just He's a good player at golf, loves to play golf, but, you know, is having some back issues and wants to keep playing golf and competing. And so we're able to help him to all the way down to like a, a 13 or 14 year old uh, who's maybe going through a growth spurt and doesn't really have a good sense of where their body is in space because they're just growing and they're developing and they're changing and <clears throat> being able to kind of help them understand how their body moves and where it is in space. And so our PTs are a big part of that. Um, and then, of course, we've got everything from nutrition to uh, workout stuff to we're even doing some research, some 3D stuff. So it's really more of a holistic approach to kind of our coaching now. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. That uh, I, I got to spend some time with you last fall at, uh, at all your new facilities, and it's just uh, it is a, it's a fantastic place. And um, Sioux Falls is such a great community, and the Sanford Health is doing fabulous things in golf and otherwise. So it's it's neat to see that. Yeah, they're they're um, you know it's a unique situation for us in that you know Sanford is just a great organization, and 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 one of the things um, that that Sanford uses sports for, we happen to be the golf part of it, but there's basketball and volleyball and 
baseball and all, all types of other things. And, and it's a way for Sanford to give back to the community uh, in, in the facilities that they provide for the youth and the adults of our community. Uh, but then also, you know, it's, it's hopefully a, a doorstep into maybe Sanford and, and what, and what the organization is all about. And, and so our hope is, is that, and really the initiative that, that I've been given, the directive that I've been given from the people whom I report to, is just to make sure that we're providing good experiences uh, for our uh, people who we come in contact with, whether that be a young person or a college kid who walks through our doors and says, hey, I want to play the game for a living, all the way down to somebody who says, you know, I've never played golf before. I'd like to be introduced to the game and making sure that we can provide that uh, for them. And so uh, thanks for those kind words. It's a, you know, we got our new facilities opening up uh, the day after Thanksgiving uh, called Great Shots. Much like a Top Golf, I know the guy's got one up there in the cities and has been just going gangbuster. So we're going to have something similar here, and so it's a it's a good it's a good spot and it's a good move for the community. Yeah, that's awesome, Todd. If people want to learn more about uh, about Todd called Golf and Stanford, tell us tell us how to learn about that. Yeah, so if they just search, you know, Sanford Power Golf Academy, um, you're going to find a bunch of different things, uh, you know, uh, online and, and things like that. Um, they can also reach out to me directly, um, you know, through my email, or they can call me. They, if they search my name, they would find that, or it's just it's just my name, Todd Colt Golf at gmail.com. They can email me. I'm certainly happy to help them or get them pointed in the right direction. And, um, you know, we've got a big junior tournament coming up the first part of August uh, that Sanford is is promoting. It's a two-day event here at two different golf courses. Uh, so if there's any young juniors out there who are looking for maybe a little higher-level competition in a two-day tournament, you know, they can reach out to me. We can see if we've got room for them and that, too. So, um you know we're doing the best we can to help the community, but those would be the best ways to uh, to reach us. Awesome, yeah. And I know we're we're planning on bringing some of the kids in our academy down for that tournament. So looking forward to that. Well, then you and I, you and I can stand on the range, and and I'll, I'll, this time I'm going to watch you coach. And I'm going <laughs> to learn some stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Tom. I think I'll learn a lot more than you. I know that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, Todd, great, great stuff as always. I always appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge, and uh, always great seeing you and catching up. So you bet, I appreciate it anytime. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Todd. That was Todd Kolb from, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the Sanford Power Academy. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Also available now at Podcast One. Streaming thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. Special guest, uh, local golf course uh, owner, general manager, chief cook and bottle washer, Terry Thompson is with us today. Terry, welcome, man, from Cuyuna Rolling Hills Golf. Good to have you on. Uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, inviting me onto your show. I really appreciate that. Yeah, glad to have you. Let's talk a little bit about Cuyuna Rolling Hills. It's a great golf course. We've talked with you in the past, uh, but a little bit about um, uh, the history of it and kind of the uh, the two styles of golf course you have there. Yeah, the course actually started back in 1923. Uh, it was kind of started in conjunction with the Iron Range, the Cuyuna Range. Uh, the owner, or the uh, Kyler Adams, who actually kind of mapped out the Cuyuna Range for the mining company, actually owned this property and was part of starting up this golf course. So 
It's got a really, really deep history. Uh, the front nine, which I said started in 1923, has changed a little bit, but still has some of the original design. It is a lot more open, uh, so you're a little bit, well, you're allowed to swing freely a little bit more. It's not quite traditional. It has seven par fours, one par three, and one par five, uh, which makes it a challenge. Uh, the back nine was actually opened in 1988, and that one is really carved into the hills of the Cuyuna Range. And that's traditional. That has five par fours, two par fives, and two par threes. Yeah, yeah. But it's a par 72 golf course, uh, and it is a lot of fun. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with the design of the holes of the course, but I I belonged to the course before we purchased it, and uh, I really, really like the design. They did a really nice job. Yeah, Terry, since you, since you took over there, was, has that been three or four years ago now? Actually, believe it or not, I'm going into my sixth season. Oh, boy. So yeah, everybody five years. Everybody says the you know the golf course has never been in better shape, and the the experience there is is fabulous. So congratulations on that. Well, thanks. Yeah, I have a wonderful staff. I uh, I've been very blessed. Uh, even this year, uh, you know, I have about fifteen employees, and all but one returned from last year, and that makes it a lot easier. We can get a lot more done. I don't have to do any training. And I do have a new superintendent this year, and uh, we're really excited about about him. His name is Aaron Johnson, and he was actually general manager at Golden Eagle the last few years. Yeah. But he really likes being a superintendent, and he started his golfing work career here at Cuyuna and was really looking forward to coming back. And I'm excited. He is very, very progressive. And, yes, he he does, along with, the rest of my staff have the course in as nice as condition that I've ever seen it. Driving range facilities and that kind of thing uh, available, uh, Terry. And uh, uh, yeah, talk about the rates a little bit when people uh, maybe could come out or should come out, and uh, when they maybe need reservations, when they maybe can walk out there. You know, uh, we're open to the public. Of course, uh, we do have uh, you know several hundred members, uh, but uh, we don't close it down for just members. We do. We do have it always open for the public. Um, we uh, have certain leagues that everybody's welcome to be part of. Uh, we have a, a Monday afternoon couples league that starts at 4 o'clock, and you don't have to be a member. You can just call us, sign up. Uh, we normally offer food after the nine-hole event, and it's a really good social activity. Uh, it ain't. It's more fun golf. It isn't super competitive we we play some different games and things like that to make it uh, interesting but it's sure. not uh overly competitive it's more of a social league um tuesday morning we have a men's group that uh starts at eight thirty, and it's the same thing you can just show up you could come every actually it's tuesdays and thursdays you could come both days uh, you could come all summer you could come once you could come twice and all you do is you just show up and uh, uh they'd like you to have a handicap but they, you draw cards for teams, and you play your own ball. Uh, they have a unique game that they play every week for scoring, but it's the same thing. You, It's not a scramble or anything. You still play your own ball. You get to socialize with a, a bunch of really great guys, really, really fun guys uh, to be around. And like I said, you can just uh, you can just show up, uh, you know, maybe by quarter after eight and sign up, and, and you'd be part of that group. And that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Wednesdays we have a ladies' Day, and that's 
well today. And there's several groups of ladies. There's a 18-hole competitive group. There's a nine-hole competitive group, and then there's a nine-hole fun group. And the same thing, you can uh, you can sign up for that. Don't have to be a member and come enjoy golf with. Uh, I mean, the ladies are wonderful here. It's unbelievable how much work they actually do at the golf course, volunteering with all the flower beds and even some help on the course. They're just, they're awesome. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out so people know that they're certainly welcome to come in and, and enjoy any of those. But as far as tee times, um, we're, we're, we don't overbook. We have 10-minute increments on our tee times. Uh, for the most part, if you want a tee time, we can get you in within probably the hour that you're looking for. Sometimes sure. right on the same time. Uh, and our rates are very, very affordable. Um, $39 for 18 holes with the card includes tax. That's Monday through Friday. It goes down to $34 after 3 o'clock for 18 holes with the card. On the weekends, we're uh, $50 for 18 holes with the card uh, Saturday and Sunday. But after 3, it, it drops down to, I believe, $42 for 18 holes with the card. Uh, we try to make it really affordable. I, I know... Uh, People don't always want to have to spend a whole bunch of money to golf, and I think that's kind of our theory on our course. I mean, our alcohol prices, our pop, everything we try to keep really, really affordable so people can come out, bring their family, and have a great time. Yeah, boy, uh, twilight right now is such a great, I mean, it's light until 9 o'clock at night at least, so that 3 o'clock rate is, uh, is pretty handy for a lot of people get done with work and still get 18 in. Yeah, and we've definitely seen an increase this year in that after 3 o'clock. Uh, we've had a lot of people coming in, and, and we do a lot of walk-ons, too. You're certainly welcome to, to show up, and if we can fit you in and get you out, we, we certainly will. And uh, facilities after the 19th hole, uh, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka on our show, but uh, the uh, 19th hole at uh, at Cuyuna Rolling Hills, you got some, some good grub, I would guess, Terry. <laughs> All the time you're available for hot dogs and brats, and we have some sandwiches and pizza, and we do sell Tito's vodka, believe it or not. So <laughs> it's a popular vodka, uh, but we have a, a full service bar. It, uh, I mean, we have uh, tap beer, we have you know cans of beer, bottled beer, um, we have uh, pretty much any mixed drink that you really like to have. So it's a really nice full service bar. And to give you an example. If you come here with some friends and wanted to go out and golf and you wanted a six-pack, uh, a six-pack of pounders of domestic is only $18. We'll fill up a cooler, put ice in it, and send you out with uh, six 16-ounce cans of beer. And, and we hope not everybody drinks all of them. Right. Let's share them. Share them a bit, you know. So, yeah, we, we try to make it really affordable. Well, if one guy drinks all six, Terry, the other guy wins the match, usually. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I can only have one. If I have two, my golf game goes south. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of good values there at Cayenne Terry. Yeah. You know, we have we do have the, uh, a range, a full range, and um, that's really busy. Um, I was always surprised how busy the driving range is, but it does get a lot of use. And you can swing away. I mean, it's possible that you can get it to the Highway 210. It'd probably take you about a 350-yard shot, but I know some people can hit it that far. <laughs> Matt probably can't hit driver on that range then. Right, yeah, yeah. You can't? All right, well, then. 25 you know, years ago, I could get halfway there. 
All right, Terry, thanks a million for taking the time. We sure do appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I look forward to you guys coming out. Thanks, Terry. Encourage. Chris does come out because we do. I actually have Chris Foley Golf School here too. Which, there you go. Uh, I hope I hope grows. Uh, Chris uh, Foley and his uh, golf school. I, I mean, it's renowned. I mean, they uh, they do a great job, and his staff. And I hope it just grows. Yeah, we're off to a good start there, Terry. Every Tuesday. So. All right. Thank you, Terry. That's Terry. You guys have a wonderful day. Terry Thompson out at Cuyuna Rolling Hills Golf. Put it on your golf calendar. It is a great golf course. The front nine built in 1923, the back nine built in 1988, and a very unique and fun golf course, so check that out. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Thanks to our guests, uh, Terry Thompson out of Cuyahoga uh, Rolling Hills and uh, Todd Kolb from Sioux Falls and the nice discussion on the LPGA. And uh, this week, a uh, new venue for the men, Chris. Uh, two, ven- two new venues in a row, including Minnesota, but uh, uh, Detroit Golf Club, first time in many, many years, I think over 20 years that the men have been there. So a couple of new venues, Minnesota gets the uh, new venue, and Detroit. So PGA uh, making some moves where they feel like they need to. And uh, good to have, uh, well, certainly good to have Minnesota back. And I'm sure Detroit's thrilled to have a tournament this week as well. Yeah, and great venue, Detroit Golf Club, built in 1899, Donald Ross Golf Course. And um, it's going to be a great event. It sounds like Detroit has really got behind this event big time, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a great great event, great field. So, um, should be a good week in golf once again. They're trying to revitalize that uh, city in a lot of ways, so I'm sure this is a, a step in that direction. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, everything that they've done downtown and with the sports teams and um, pretty cool deal. A couple of guys we want to talk about that are taking some time off. Uh, uh, kind of the mental aspect of the game, and and maybe Tiger is more physical. He's he takes about a month off now before the British Open, and uh, he'll be ready for the British Open. You can be sure of that. But uh, he's uh, really managing his body these days. Yeah, you know, we, off air we were talking about Ben Hogan earlier, and uh, you know Ben Hogan following his uh, when he was in a bus bus crash and almost ended his career and he came back and played so well you know tiger has he's never tiger's never played a lot of golf yeah. uh, he's built his schedule around the majors kind of like jack did but it's it's very different now and he, he he's not going to play again until the open championship which is uh 3 weeks away and so it um uh, rest in his body, but you, you wonder whether uh, whether you can sustain your golf game at a high level without competition. Yeah, yeah, you do, and it's uh, I think it's hurt him a time or two in the past. But uh, uh, he's electing to go pretty much the whole month before the British Open. Another guy taking some time off is a little different. It wouldn't be body, I don't think. He's twenty two years old, which is extraordinary when you think about it. How many times he's won? He's right. 22. I think he's 22. 20, 20, 23 now. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Spieth uh, taking some time off. He uh, he wanted the summer to go well. It looked like he was off to a decent start. He had some top 10 finishes. Then uh, did not play well at the U.S. Open and then missed the cut at the Travelers. And um, he says, uh, 
I'll get some time off here. I don't know how much time off, but kind of get away from the game for a little reset and then try to finish the year strong. So I'm sure he'll play in the British. He's won the British Open, so he's going to plan on that. But just looking at stats, and 182nd off the tee, 147th strokes gained tee to green, and 197th on fairways hit. Well, he was always a little bit of a short knock compared to the other guys, but he always hit the fairway. Yeah, very adequately long. I mean, he was was average by two, a little better than average by tour standards. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we mentioned it in Todd Kolb's segment uh, that, you know, you you can go down a path of trying to change something in your golf swing or your golf game where it, it takes you down this rabbit hole and, and sometimes it's hard to get back. And, uh, you know, I think for Spieth, he, he's got the this huge weight of expectations on his shoulders. You know, he, he's he been the next great thing. Yeah. He's so good for the game. He's, he's such a great personality in the way he conducts himself. And, um, you know, he, he last year he had a, a, a t- bad putting year and not a great ball striking year, but he got got away with it last year a little bit. Um, but this year he, he, he just he, he seemed he's had a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah, he's had some great rounds, but he's also had some uh, some real struggles as well. And unfortunately, the, most of those struggles have come on the weekend and either Saturday, Sunday when he's close to being in contention. So it, it'll be interesting, you know. I think he you know, two years ago he went, he was pursuing more distance, um, and in an effort to gain more distance, has it's it's hurt his ball striking. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward with, with Spieth, whether he he changes caddies, he changes coaches, or uh, just changes his approach. He's had such a great relationship with both of those people, right? Uh, at the U.S. Open, he really took some heat. Spieth did for the comments he made about about his caddy Michael Grower. Not comments that he made, but co- but being mic'd up and in his conversations with with Michael Grower, and kind of the perception was that he that he was blaming Grower for some you know some poor plays on the golf course, and and Spieth really took a, a, a lot of heat for that. So. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this downtime, and uh, uh, hopefully he comes back for the for the Open Championship, and you know, won there a couple of years, and, and gets back on track. Crazy mental game, we know that, and uh, it's happened in lots of different sports. Uh, when he uh, actually said to Michael, "I feel like we're I feel like we're falling apart at the Masters at about number eleven or twelve, and then he hits two in the water." And cost himself the Masters from, and the second one was just a little pitch shot. Yeah, and uh, and I don't know. He's he's wobbled on the weekend since then at various times, and never before then. Yeah, you know it, it is interesting. I mean, it, it's um, our past experiences are so so influences our how we respond to you know present events. And, uh, you know, it can go either way when you, you, when you hit a clutch shot down the stretch and, you know, it, it catapults you into a win or a great finish or you hit a great shot under pressure and you can look back on that. Um, that gives you a lot of confidence, but it works the other way too. If you, you know, if, if you, Jack Nichols is so good at 
defraying his bad shots and, and never talking about them. And he would, you know, remove them from his memory. And that's one of the things that I think made him so great. And I, I think Tiger is the same way. You rarely hear Tiger talk about a bad shot. And so, you know, if you can delete those from your memory bank rather than than thinking back on them when you're under pressure, it makes a huge difference. Sure. And that very much goes to all the guys you teach, all the guys I play with, I'm sure. How many times at, at our whatever course we play the most, there's a hole out there where you think, man, I've hit it in the water <laughs> a lot on this hole or into the junk on this yeah. hole. Or how did I pull it left again here? You Just know, like I always do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've talked about it before on the show, but, you know, the, the difference between the elite player and the good player, the average player, us, is, you know, we all have, we all have control of our thoughts, but we don't always have an awareness of our thoughts. And the elite player is, they are under the same stress and anxiety coming down the stretch or trying to hit a shot on a certain hole. They have the same anxiety we do when there's out of bounds left, water right, you know, how do you, but they've developed mechanisms to redirect those thoughts. And when they start going down the path of negative, they're able to redirect them and get back into a positive mindset. And it, it it makes such a huge difference. And the better we can get at that, the better we're going to play sure and it's just the same on 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 holes that you play well you know? yeah exactly you think if there's a tree a tree line for me a tree line on the right side is not bad for some, yeah. whatever reason i think yeah i'm gonna hit it right down that tree line yeah you know? the hole fits your eye yeah whatever the hole fits your yeah. eye right yeah, yeah. trees down the left side now i'm a man <laughs> <laughs> i gotta come talk to you again that's true <laughs> Uh, well, we, we will talk a little bit more about that uh, Hogan uh, documentary next week on the show. That should be great, and I just highly recommend it. The guy was extraordinary. I don't think people from this generation know how good he was. After that bus accident uh, where he was nearly killed and uh, took a year to learn to walk again yeah. and uh, never was spent a day the rest of his life where he wasn't in pain, and uh, he'd play like five or six times a year. And win a lot of those times. Yeah, his his win percentage after the accident was is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear talk about Ben Hogan, he's as great as they say he was. Yeah. So that does it for this week. Lakes Woods and Irons, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Mac. You're listening to 1380 KLIZ, the Fan. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the Fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by. Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk 1380 KLIZ The Fan.